We're giving you our top 15 running backs headed into draft season next on The Flex. You are now listening to The Flex on the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. Subscribe now and tune in every week for all the advice you need to win your fantasy football league. And now, your hosts, Josh Rodriguez and AJ Kelly. Kelly, 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 Kelly. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Flex presented by Fantasy Holics, your new go to podcast for redraft leagues. Like I said on the opening, today we give you our top 15 running backs headed into draft season. But before that, got to let you know to follow Fantasy Holics on Facebook. Type in Fantasy Holics in the search bar. We should come up. Twitter at Fantasy Holics One and Instagram and TikTok at Fantasy Holics Podcast, where you can find clips and quote cards and assets from all of your favorite shows on the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. It's not just us. We have the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast for all your dynasty needs. Seth Berger hosts DWF, which stands for Defense Wins Fantasy for IDP Leagues. We have more shows coming up. We started doing live mock drafts on our YouTube channel. So type in Fantasy Holics Podcast Network on YouTube. You will find us there. We also broadcast it live on Facebook. So if you're a part of the Facebook channel, look out for those live mock drafts. We're doing a lot this season in Fantasy Holics. Also, if you're listening on Apple, on Spotify, give the show five stars, leave a review, all that good stuff. As usual, AJ Kelly joins me. AJ, what's going on, man? How are you? Josh, I'm great. How are you? One week closer to fantasy football season. Can't wait, man. It's coming up. It's coming up. Paying those league dues. Still paying those league dues. Me and AJ not paying basketball league dues. Not paying fantasy basketball league dues, Ed. So you can stop asking us right now. It is not basketball season. It is fantasy football season. Basketball season just ended. We just got out of those leagues. We're getting into the football leagues. <laughs> All right. Well, as promised, AJ and I are actually going to give you our separate list. We did our top 10 undervalued, overvalued together. We combined our list, but we're going to you know, split it up today and give you our top 15. Before we do that, though, it is a running back position. I just want to get your thoughts, AJ, on the importance of the running back position. You know, with PPR leagues being more popular now, which seems to be the norm, a lot of people have strayed away from building a team around running backs. You do have the zero running back strategy that some people implement. For you, is the running back position still the most important position in fantasy football? And do you build your team around the running back position? Short answer, yes. I think it's definitely the most important position be because the scarcity of it. I think that's what it is for me. You know, when you look at the top of the running back board compared to the top of the wide receiver board or the top of the tight end board, yeah, at the top of the wide receiver board, Chase, Jefferson, Koppel, like all those guys are going to be huge impact players, but you can find wide receiver value late in the draft. You're highly unlikely to find intense running back value late in a draft. So I think being as top-heavy as a position it is, that's still – my go-to whereas we talked about our draft strategies uh last episode whereas it's really i still like to go best player available but in the back of my head that's always going to be i'm looking for that best running back available unless i have you know a wide receiver or someone ranked so high ahead of them that i'm going to take them i'm still looking for the running back yeah i'm the same man um probably more so than you are i i purposely go into every draft saying to myself three running backs off the bat it might be a little more old-fashioned, and I have every year toyed with the idea of maybe breaking up that strategy and doing more of so of a best player available from the third round on. But to me, I still think it's very important to start your team with two solid running backs. I think if you have an RB1 and an RB2 that are better than everyone else's RB1 and RB2, like you 
immediately have an advantage over anybody. I don't care what the other wide receivers look like on the other person's team. That's just me personally. Running backs by committees and these new offenses, maybe they're not as valuable as they used to be in the past. I, I think you could make that argument, but I, I still think that it, it is by far the most important position in fantasy football. And, and I would advise anybody to draft a running back in the first round. Obviously, there are some exceptions, but that's how I like I think I think it's the most important position by far. Knowing how you draft, if I'm in a draft with you and you're the first overall pick and I'm the second overall pick, if we're coming back at the 2-3 turn and I'm debating yeah. a wide receiver in the second round, I'm without doubt taking a running back because I know that <laughs> wide receiver is making it back to me. <laughs> know who you're drafting against, ladies and gentlemen. That's That's just as important. <laughs> knowing who you're drafted against. All right, so let's get into it, AJ. We got our top 15 running backs to go into the draft season. As of July 14th, this can change. This will change. AJ and I are probably going to do some type of segment next month. We might flip these around. You know, there's camps and there's preseason and things happen and there's injuries. So let's do 15 to 10. This is not the top 10. This is like before the elite. This is your RB2s. I'll start with you, AJ. Give me... Number 15. All right. So number 15, this is actually one I struggle with. I think there's three, I think there's three guys right there that are the same category for me that are kind of equal with one. So it's hard to get one in the 15 slot here, but I'm going with Saquon Barkley. Mm. It's weird to see his name down this low on a list. RB 15. This is a guy you're looking at as RB one through five previous years where that's where you were grabbing him. But in this position, it's a comfortable place where I'm putting him given. I think the upside is going to be there. My other two guys that are in there were Zeke and David Montgomery, who David Montgomery appeared wow. in our undervalued list. I love David Montgomery this year, but I'm going with the guy that has less competition in the backfield and more of an offensive overhaul in the coaching staff where they bring in Dable. They bring in a defensive minded head coach and Cleo Herbert kind of looked good last year when he filled in for Montgomery and some injuries. So I think they're kind of going to give him some touches and then Zeke, I think Pollard cuts into his value a little bit there. So really, I boiled it down to the fact that I think Saquon has less competition. And I think he has more upside given the offensive change of the coaching staff. Wow. Okay. I didn't think you were going there. So you left off Montgomery. Montgomery is my number 15 running back. And I thought you would have a problem with this because of our undervalued segment. So just to be completely transparent, AJ is the one who brought up Montgomery. And I agreed with him. That's why he was on the list. But I thought you were a little higher on David Montgomery going in. Actually, it's pretty shocking to me. I have David Montgomery for the same reasons you do. I'm not as high on, on him as other people are. I think he's going to see touches. I, I, I think, you know, he's kind of undervalued. But I don't know what that Chicago's Bears offense really is going to look like for me to put him over other players who you'll hear me talk about later. So like you said, defensive-minded head coach, I, I don't know what to expect, but I do know that the volume is going to be there, so I'm comfortable enough to have him as my RB2, just not comfortable enough to be that confident in him. And he averaged a shade over four targets a game last year when Justin Fields was the quarterback, so I like him for that reason too. Don't get me wrong, our undervalued list still stands. He was His ADP is 36, last yeah. pick of the third round. If you could get your 15th overall, my 17th overall running back, that's pretty good. Let's move on to number 14. I'll take this one. I have Saquon. So Saquon, I have one spot higher than you have him. Listen, he has a talent to be a top five running back. He obviously is suffering from injuries. He's suffering from a horrible Giants offensive line, which even though they try to short up, I'm not sure if it's short up there. Daniel Jones is unproven. I have no idea what that offense is going to look under Dable, even though I expect it to be better. If you can get him in your RB2 when he pops off, you can win your fantasy football league. I'm just not confident enough to put him in a top 10 right now, even with all the talent that he has. Who do you have at number 14, AJ? 
My 14 is Cam Akers. You look at the stats and they don't pop off the page at you last year. He averaged under three yards a carry in the time he did come back. But I'm not going to forget that that was a couple months removed from a torn Achilles. And it was against a gauntlet of defenses in the NFL playoffs. 95% of his rushing yards last year were after contact. It's the most in the NFL. So he's got extra time to come off the injury. I think the Rams offense is going to be just as good as they were last year. And I think Cam Akers is going to be more supplanted as that solid running back one where we're going to see McVay use him a lot. I think he's going to grow comfortable. I think McVay trusts him. We saw some untimely fumbles by Akers in the playoff as well. It didn't phase McVay. He kept going right back to him. When you have a young player, I think that's going to instill in him. He knows my coach, his coach trusts him. And that's why why he's my my RB14. We're a little different here. Okay. All right. Let's move on to number 13. My RB 13 is Ezekiel Elliott. Listen, Tony Pollard's there. I like Tony Pollard. I think they're both good plays this year. It's hard for me to knock Zeke out of my top 10, but I've done so. I mean, last year we were talking about how it seemed like it was a down year, yet he was a top 10 running back in fantasy football PPR format. So it's hard for me to just kind of ignore that. I still think the Dallas Cowboys are going to run the football. I still think that's what they should be doing. I don't think they're going to let Dak you know, throw the ball 50 times a game, even though there have been instances where they have done that. Uh, I still think they'll keep it on the ground. Pollard's going to get his touches, but the goal line back there, the person with the most opportunity to see pay dirt is going to be Zeke. Even if he gets you like 70 yards in a game, I still think he gets you a touchdown, maybe two in a game. It's hard for me to move him out of the top 15. Yeah, that's why I struggled so much with really who to put at 15 because Zeke was one of those guys that was right there. I think they can, I think him and Pollard can coexist. I just think some of the other guys I had in the upside, which is why I went with that. So my RB13 is James Conner. 18 touchdowns last year. I'm not going to expect that again, but he was fantastic in the passing game last year when Chase Edmonds was out. That was the really – Chase Edmonds was the Cardinals passing down guy. Chase Edmonds is in Miami now. So – Connor had last year, he gets more comfortable in the passing game with Kyler Murray. We know we we know what he's capable of on the ground. So I do expect some touchdown regression to come, but I still think with Chase Edmonds leaving, that gets the value up in the passing game. I think what he's going to have in the running game is going to be similar without the touchdowns. And I think the Cardinals offense is going to be just as good, which is why he's my RB13. All right, let's move on to RB12. AJ, we'll start with you. Who do you have? My RB12, Aaron Jones. Uh, you talked about Alan Lazard, where if you're breathing and you're running routes for Aaron Rodgers, you have value. Well, Aaron Jones is the running back, but he runs a lot of routes for Aaron Rodgers. When Devontae Adams was out last year, Aaron Jones caught a ton of balls. Devontae Adams is in Las Vegas now. So that's a big thing. Whereas Valdez Scantling's in Kansas City. So those targets in the Packers passing offense are going to go somewhere. I think they're going to get a lot of them to Aaron Jones, get him in space because he's a fantastic playmaker. I do think he's going to lose some of the the ground game, some of his touches, some of his goal line touchdown opportunities to A.J. Dillon. Love A.J. Dillon this year. I think he's a great guy to, to draft late. I tried to put him in the undervalued list. You weren't as sold as I was. <laughs> Aaron Jones, I still think the value is going to be there in, the, in an Aaron Rodgers-led offense to warrant this back-end RB1 position for him. All right, so this might be a little bit of a surprise to a lot of people listening, but my RB12 is Nick Chubb. Jacoby Brissett at the quarterback position, I don't know how the Browns move the football without feeding Chubb. I do think you're going to see some volume there. I just don't know how often these Browns are going to get into the red zone. I don't know how many opportunities he's going to have to score their football. You have Kareem Hunt, who's still there, who's going to be in the mix for sure. The Browns are going to use him. You don't have Landry anymore. You don't have Odell Beckham in the passing game. You don't have a serviceable quarterback who can be efficient every game in the passing game. I think this Brown offense is going to struggle. I think defenses are going to pack 
the box. I think it's going to be very hard for Nick Chubb to get his, and I think he's going to have a decent fantasy season, but I don't think he's going to have a fantasy season that we think that his ADP has him out to be right now and what we're used to seeing from Nick Chubb when he is healthy. This might be a little bit surprising to some people. I like the talent. I think Chubb is a fantastic player, but given everything that's going on in Cleveland, I, I can't put him in my top 10. All right, let's move on to our RB11. I'll go first, AJ, and this is where I have Cam Akers. I love Cam Akers this year. A lot of what you said, I think McVay trusts in him. And listen, I want a piece of that Rams offense. You're the running back for the Rams. Sign me up, and you're good, and you're talented, and you can catch. You're going to get plenty of opportunities to score the football. 11, to me, actually might be a little too low. I, I think I could have made a case for him being top 10, but he lands at number 11 for me. AJ, what do you got? All right, my number 11 is a guy you just said. You can't put him in your top 10. I can't either. My 11 is Nick Chubb. Oh, okay. You talked about the Cleveland offense. I think it really could go either way with that because, yeah, they're going to have Jacoby Brissett, but does that mean they're going to be leaning on Chubb? The Browns have a great old line. So if they're leaning on Chubb and they're giving him the volume, he's going to get yardage. They're going to score – they're going to score points. I mean, every team in the NFL scores touchdowns, right? They have to come from somewhere. And Chubb has been productive – the last few years without being in an elite offense. So I think if Watson's not suspended, that offense can go to elite, right? With that, what he brings to the table, what you see with that. Right. So maybe he's in a better offense. So it might take away from him through the passing, through the running, but then in a, he's part of a better offense. If he's part of a worse offense, okay, he's used to being part of a bad offense while still producing RB1 numbers at a, fan, at a fantasy level. I don't think he's going to be the super high upside player that you might see some of the other some from some other names. Whereas it's like okay, but I think what you see is what you get with him, and you know what you're going to get. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I mean the offense is going to rely on him a lot. I do think whether or not you believe that Cleveland O line can make some room for Chubb there, and if he can beat you know stacking the box. But you are right; every team scores touchdowns, even the bad ones. They got to come from somewhere. You know, if you don't believe in Jacoby Brissett and that Amari Cooper connection. You know, where else they're going to come from. So we'll see. I, but you don't have him in the top 10, so you don't believe in him that much. Right. There's still a little bit of doubt, but still an RB1. All right, let's move into our top 10 finally. Now, this is a tier where I guess this is sort of elite, right? This is RB1 status. AJ, what I want you to do, instead of going back and forth, give me your 10 through 6, and then we'll do our top 5 after that. All right, into the top 10. My RB10, Lombardi, Lenny, Fournette, Tom Brady-led offense, 13 games last year, over 800 yards, eight touchdowns. I think he's going to have a better opportunity for more touchdowns with Gronk gone. At number nine, I got Javante Williams. He was a RB15 as a rookie with a split workload, and I think the Broncos bring in this coaching staff now that is going to see what they have in him and give him more touches. At eight, I have DeAndre Swift. was a top 10 running back last year through 10 games before his, in, before his injury. I expect to see him return to that uh, and lead the Detroit Lions offense. Number seven, Joe Mixon. What's not to like? 1,200 yards, 13 touchdowns last year. Bengals offense exploded. They're going to be just as good again this year. Six, Dalvin Cook. Offensive-minded coaching staff change into Minnesota. I still think he's going to be a workhorse. Six touchdowns last year in 13 games where we're used to seeing him get into the higher, into double digits touchdowns, at least 10, 11, 12. I think he gets back to that this year. All right, so we got a we got a different top ten here, man. Um, this is where things get interesting. So at number ten, I have James Conner. I am sold on his role with that team. I think you know they're going to score points. The Arizona Cardinals are going to score points. They used James Conner in the passing game last year. I think that continues this year. No Chase Edmonds. I think he sees more touches. I think he's clearly the main guy in that backfield. I think he's good for a touchdown a game. Honestly, I think ten might be a little downplaying it a little bit. I'm very high on James Conner this year. In at number nine, I got Christian McCaffrey. Listen. 
I don't trust him anymore. I don't. And I know you can't necessarily predict injuries, but I'm predicting injuries with Christian McCaffrey. They used him way too much for years. I think he's pretty fragile. Baker Mayfield comes in. I think that boosts his value just a little bit, but I just don't trust him. He's somebody who I'm fading in all drafts just because his ADP is very high. I don't expect him to underproduce if he is given the opportunity and if he is healthy all year. I just don't expect him to be healthy all year. I could see him definitely going like eight games into the season and then pulling his hamstring and players can't help injuries. There are other players on this list who have been injured before too. So you can say, Josh, well, what about so-and-so? Don't you think they can get injured too? Like Saquon? Yes, I do. But I just think I've been burned by McCaffrey in the past. I've seen too many friends burn by McCaffrey in the past. He's burned my homies. He burned me. Don't trust him anymore. And Again, the Carolina offense may not be the best offense in the world. We do know what to expect. If he's healthy, it's going to be a lot of McCaffrey. And a lot of McCaffrey, to me, equals an injury at some point. So I'm fading McCaffrey. I'm putting him at number nine because I don't think he's going to play a full season. Number eight, I have Aaron Jones. You mentioned if you are breathing and you are around Aaron Rodgers, you have an opportunity to score the football. I do think that his PPR value is tremendously high this year, given the fact that Aaron's cast of characters aren't your typical cast of characters that you're used to seeing him with. Number seven, I have Joe Mixon, just like you. This is something we agree on. I think you know that offense is going to be a well-oiled machine this year. There's T. Higgins, there's Jamar Chase, so there's a lot of opportunity for a lot of people to go around, but I do think Joe sees 15 to 20 carries a game and is involved in the passing game. Number six, I actually have Leonard Fournette. To me, he's slept on. You know, Last year, he was one of the better running backs in fantasy football. Tom Brady's the quarterback. I still think Tom has a lot going on there. I know they drafted somebody to be his backup. Ronald Jones is now in Kansas City, but to me, he's still the main guy there, and I, I think, you know, with the amount of times that you're going to see the Bucks in the red zone, I mean, you could make the case that he too is in the discussion for having a touchdown a game, and I expect him to have a monster year this year. Now, I must admit, AJ, I'm actually ashamed that what we did in this list, I left out a running back, and it's a running back that you're very familiar with, and it's a running back that I do expect to have a good season. That's Javante Williams. I I don't have him. Don't tell my me list. I, don't have him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to be in your top five. It wouldn't have surprised no. me if you came out here and put him in the top five. That's why I wasn't no, going to say I anything. Did. But you um, left him off the top 15 list? I left him off because Melvin Gordon still had a decent year last year. Oh I, I I get it. I get it. I know. I know. I'm actually – if I had to do the list over again, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think I would have done it a little differently. I do expect him to have a decent year for sure. Top 10 is a lot, though. You're not worried about Melvin taking up some carries, some goal line touches there? I mean, Javante Williams is just such a good runner. Elusive. He breaks tackles like almost with ease, it looks like. He breaks at least like two tackles a run, it seems like he's going to be. Whereas he was a rookie last year in a bad offense, and he was the RB15. So now yeah. you bring in Nathaniel Hackett. You bring in this offensive-minded head coach. Yeah, they re-signed Melvin Gordon, but – this isn't a guy that you just don't give the ball because you have Melvin Gordon. We know what Melvin Gordon's going to give us. Melvin Gordon had a good year last year. He was probably yeah. a he was probably a good steal late in some drafts where you're going to get production at him into your RB two into your flex spot. But Javante Williams is the guy. Javante Williams has to be the man for Denver. I think let Melvin Gordon spell him, but it's got to be Javante leaving the pack. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I think Melvin had a way better year than I expected him to have last year. I was high on Javante going into last year, and not that I was disappointed. He didn't disappoint me necessarily. I just thought he would have the bigger role in the backfield. I think Melvin ate into some of the workload that I thought Javante would have, and I just kind of a little weary taking him earlier in 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 the drafts. But I do understand what you're saying. I mean, Russell Westbrook. Uh, 
Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson changes everything uh, in that offense. So uh, Russell Westbrook does not. He would be horrible. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Russell Westbrook as a quarterback? A lot of balls being thrown into the stands probably <laughs> in the first row out of bounds. <laughs> yeah. A lot of interceptions. A lot of interceptions. And then the other one I left, DeAndre Swift. I don't have Swift. I don't have Swift uh, on the list either. I like Swift this year too. Maybe that's maybe that's a soft spot for the young younger running backs, but it might be. But it, it also could be just the fact that he plays for the Detroit Lions. That's his biggest argument against. I, it's a huge argument. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah. for me, it's like if you're playing your quarterback's Jared Goff, and I can't trust the fact that your offense is going to get into the red zone consistently, and I can't trust the fact that you're going to have opportunities to score unless you break one. I don't care how good you are. I understand he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be a solid RB too. But they, I just have other running backs in better offenses and better situations that would rather trust. That's just what it comes down to with him, to be honest with you. The Lions were competitive in a lot of games that they ended up losing early in the year last year. And that's it was, oh, it was like, how's Detroit going to lose this week? How are they going to lose this week? But they were competitive in those games. And DeAndre Swift was really good. So, yeah, I mean, those are the two I left out. I'm not, like, firm on it, though. I'm not like, I'm telling you right now, Javante and DeAndre are not – like, I, I don't think they're going to be bust. I, they're just other running backs I would rather have. That's There it is. Two, two guys you left off, both in my top ten. There we go. <laughs> not even in my top 15. My top ten, you're not even having them on the list. So we'll see. What, we we got to revisit this, and maybe I'll change my tune in August. We'll see. Let's get our top five now. We'll go five through one. I have a feeling that it's going to be pretty similar. AJ, I'll let you go at it first. I think we might differ in the three, four range, but my five okay. through one. Uh, at RB5, I have McCaffrey. It almost feels disrespectful to put him this low, but the health questions, the questions around the offense, the Panthers just traded for Baker Mayfield. Who wins the job? How is he going to come back? Are they going to try to limit his workload at all this year? So it's just the too many questions. I feel too good about these four guys that are going above him to have him there. And my RB4, I have is Eckler. Eighth in the NFL in total touches last year, 20 total touchdowns. It's going to be a phenomenal offense again. They drafted Isaiah Spiller, but that's still going to be – Eckler's still going to get his share of the touches. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns. He's going to get a ton of red zone touches, which is what he absolutely killed it in last year, and that's what you're going to see him do again, I think. My RB3 is Derrick Henry. Only eight games last year, 937 yards, 10 touchdowns, and the Titans are probably going to be more of a run-heavy offense this year than they were last year, given that A.J. Brown is now gone. I don't know if you can be any more run-heavy than they already were, but I think that's where they're headed. My RB2 is Najee Harris, was number one on our undervalued list for a reason. I love Najee Harris this year. 381 touches last year as a rookie, 74 receptions. A lot of that was Ben Roethlisberger not knowing what to do with the ball because he couldn't move. He didn't have time to get it downfield, and he was just checking it down to him. But as true as they come as a bell cow running back where you're not going to see him leave the field, he's a three-down guy. He's going to be the absolute focal point of the offense. He had 10 total touchdowns last year, seven on the ground, three in the air. I think you see those numbers increase this year, which is why he's my RB2. And my RB1, that obviously leaves Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to be everybody's RB1 heading into this. It's not, let's not reinvent the wheel here. We all watch football. Jonathan Taylor's the RB1. 
All right, so my top five isn't as different as you may think it is, man. Uh, at number five, I have Austin Eckler. He's somebody who I'm very high on from the standpoint of the fact that he plays for the Chargers and Justin Herbert's quarterback, and he's going to see a lot of targets. I do think Isaiah Spiller does relieve him here and there. Uh, I, I do think he gets less touches than he saw last year. And he's a small running back, man. I'm a little worried. I I have him at five because he does produce, and you know he's a dual threat, and he, he can do a lot, and you know that offense is just really freaking good but i am worried about him i am very worried it's a very cautious five and at number four i have dalvin cook it's very hard for me to take him out of the top five i still think he's one of the better running backs in the league i still think he has a lot left in him you know they rely on him on offense all the time like I, it's just he's a mainstay you know what you're getting there's nothing's gonna change i'm very confident that dalvin cook if healthy is a top five running back and aj just like you man three two one henry Harris and Taylor. That's that's what I have as well for the same reasons that you do. I think Derrick Henry's not done yet. They're going to give him the football. I think they rely on him even more now that A.J. Brown's gone. You know, Robert Woods is there, but it's not like that passing game is going to torch anybody. So I do think Derrick Henry's going to see his touches. Harris, again, the amount of touches he had last year, it was 381, you said? That's insane. Um, and I do think it's going to – I think Harris is going to have a very similar role to what Le'Veon Bell had, even though it's not Ben Roethlisberger. I do think you're going to see him be used as a weapon, maybe in the slot. Maybe he's going to have 20 carries a game. You're going to see a lot from him uh, this year. That's just my prediction. And number one, Jonathan Taylor, I don't know how you can justify putting anybody else over him after the year he had last year. So three, two, one, man, we're, we're on the same page there, but four and five, maybe a little different. You are definitely higher than I am on, on certain people. I left some people off my list. What do you think was the most shocking thing about my list? I'll ask you that. Most shocking thing about your list, I would probably say Javante Williams and DeAndre Swift. I think both of those, both those two guys, that's uh, running backs don't have the shelf life that other positional players do. Whereas, like you said, Derrick Henry has some left in the tank. Yeah, but once you start to creep up in age, you know, you start to move down a list in, at running back. Now, not necessarily reflective of there's old running backs on our list, but I think when you're young is when your your opportunity is at the running back position. And that's what DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams are going to be afforded them here, where I think they should, DeAndre Swift should be a workhorse and should, should be a workhorse in Detroit. And Javante Williams should have a great offense in Denver. And I just think they boost both the values of those guys. So they increase the production that you saw last year. I think to have them both out of the top 15, not too yeah. risk averse on your side. You, you saw your guys and you like them. That, that's what it is, man. It's, it's really not even like a knock on them. I think they're talented. I think they're going to be fine. And it's not a take where I'm just like, stay away. Like, that's, not, that's not what I'm saying. I don't think anything surprised me on yours, I'll be honest with you. I, I like your list. I do. I, think, I don't think it's like standard or by the book, and I respect that. And I, I think your logic is, is sound for every single one of them. I wish I could like poke holes at what you said, but I can't. I can't. I think it's solid. I think Najee Harris at two on both of ours is probably the biggest surprise for the two of us. And we just happen to be on the same page with him. Yeah, I, I think listeners, when they hear this back, that's one of the uh, things that they will take note of for sure. And then me living, leaving Williams and Swift out, and we're going to get a couple of comments so that I shouldn't be hosting a fantasy football podcast. All right, so that does it for our top 15 running backs headed into draft season. It is July 14th, like I said, so this list can change. We'll probably do another episode. We're going to ask you what you think, what your top 15 going into the season is, going into draft season is. You can pick me apart for not putting Javante and putting Swift on there. I understand that that's coming. I'm ready for it. I'm prepared. Next week, we'll be doing wide receivers, so look out for that as well. AJ, any last words? 
said it in the beginning, I'll say it again in our running backs episode. It's a passing league, but running backs are still the premium in fantasy football, if you ask me. Absolutely is. Now, if you want to follow Fantasyholics, you can on Facebook. Just type in Fantasyholics in the search bar. On Twitter at Fantasyholics1. You can follow the podcast network on TikTok and on Instagram at Fantasyholic Podcast. Listen, if you are not subscribed to the podcast network, please do so. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure you give it five stars and, and leave a comment or review. We are not the only podcast. So if we're not, you know, your cup of tea, we have the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast and we have Defense Wins Fantasy. One's an IDP podcast, one's a Dynasty podcast. So yeah, enjoy. The Fantasy Holes Podcast Network. Leave us a review, all that good stuff. For AJ Kelly, I'm Josh Rodriguez. We'll see you next week for another episode of The Flex.